Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is up, fantasy football fanatics? What is up, IDP Army? What is up, best ball homies, dynasty friends? Jermaine Jordan Reigns at 50 Shades of Drunk. Today I have a special guest and a new endeavor and something fun. Maybe you remember we used to do the underdogs show quite a bit, and then we just started covering best ball sort of in a more abstract form. But now I found a brother, all right? The best ball bros, all right? We are taking it to the next level. This is my man from Twitter, Alejandro Bonilla. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing great, my man. How you doing? I am beyond excited to be here with you. Been talking to you on the Twitter sphere for, oh, couple months probably i know in the ai craze you kind of popped up or i kind of noticed you a little bit more i'm sure you've probably been lurking for a minute um but just start talking about best ball you know and just how there's a lot of there's more than one way to skin a cat in best ball and you can skin one cat or you can skin a handful of cats so um was it was a good time but tell us a little bit about yourself how you kind of like slid your way into the fantasy community industry how long you've been playing who's your team I don't know. Give us, give us the DL, my guy. Absolutely. Well, I've been playing fantasy football. I'm actually 27, about to turn 28 next week. Um, so really, I've been playing fantasy football since fifth grade. Um, I just love the game. I love sports, man. I'm a, I'm a diehard, diehard sports fan. NBA, NFL, MOB. I'm about it all. Um, so really started in fifth grade. I've uh, been following ever since then. Um, I can never forget. I was playing in a league where we did even punt yards and kick return yards. So. Devin Hester was my man. He used to kill it for me every time. Um, ultimate cheat code there. Um, my real-life team is the Minnesota Vikings, so shout-out to the Vikings. Um, maybe not that great of a season coming this year, um, but we're definitely going to throw the ball. So if you want to target the Minnesota Vikings passing attack, I definitely recommend that. Not even just Justin Jefferson. I love Jordan Addison. I love K.J. Osborne this year. Don't sleep on him. Um, well, yeah, we have a lot of interesting nuggets for you guys today, so definitely stay tuned. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so... This is happening on our YouTube channel. Speaking of which, y'all know the drill. Go like, go subscribe. We also have the podcast feed, which we have two different podcast uh, feeds. You know, we're, we're, we have a bunch of different shows. We're going to have a more appropriate sort of schedule going once the season kicks around. It's right now, it's the beginning of July, so we're really kicking things off. And like I said, we wanted to get this, this best ball content really rolling. Um, we've both spent a lot of time in drafts already this year. Uh, you know, whether that be the tournament tables, whether that be the small tables, some high stakes, some low stakes, whatever it may be. Um, and so we just kind of wanted to go through kind of our personal draft strategy and then how we're sort of viewing things going forward. Maybe tell you all some players that we are targeting heavily, some players we are avoiding, like the plague, some grenades we're not trying to get caught with, things like that. Um, so but before we get into that, well, I have one more thing I wanted to ask you in particular. Um, you said you do stuff on DraftKings and you do stuff on um underdog. Are there any do you ever use the drafters platform? I've been hearing a lot about that. I don't use it personally, I just kind of want to pick your brain. Yeah, I haven't personally ventured into drafters just yet. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's obviously a lot different of a format where you're using the cumulative points for the whole season, not really a little bit of a playoff aspect to it. So I haven't really ventured into it yet. Um, definitely something to look into. But for me personally, I'm kind of just hands off on that right now. Um, definitely something I could reconsider. But for the moment, not really. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there, too. I've looked at the app. I've opened it up and I've been like, do I want to go into a whole new ecosystem and kind of familiarize myself and... Ultimately, I just said no. Uh, I just stuck with DraftKings and I stuck with Underdog. I'm familiar there. I feel like I get good reps there. Um, I feel like kind of right now they're the industry standard um, as far as best ball season long goes. Now, when season kicks around, they do have some competitors. I know Sleeper has some daily stuff that goes on. Obviously, the traditional DFS stuff has has the industry by a uh, stranglehold. But some of these weekly uh, drafts are fun, too. So keep an eye out for us to be doing some daily drafts in season as well, y'all. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Like I said, we're going to talk about some players that we love, some players that we – I don't want to say hate because we. I love all NFL players, and I'm sure you do too. But it's just like 
I love you on somebody else's fantasy team. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I love Absolutely. you. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some players we love on our team, some players we love on other people's teams, and then maybe just some uh, some of the bigger sort of picture stuff going into the next month and a half where it's kind of that last shift in ADP, in narrative, in power structures um, before we see these guys hit the field and, you know, it really, really gets real. So we're going to go ahead and transition over to some of these drafts. All right. So to start us off, we're going to go ahead and actually hop into a draft that I'm in right now. And I want to get my, some help here from my man, my best ball bro. Um, let's see if it'll share this tab with us. Add to stream. There we go. I'm going to try to change the layout a little bit. Oh, that's a good looking layout. Okay. So if you are watching along on YouTube, you will be able to see this. If you're listening on the podcast, still love you. Recommend checking out the YouTube. But I'm in the 18th round right now of a Dalmatian draft on Underdog. That's a $101 buy-in, three-entry max. So my strategy for this draft was I insulated my team a little bit more than I traditionally do. I went three quarterbacks, and I went two tight ends, which I'm kind of a, a weirdo, and I've been pushing one tight end a lot. But I went two here. Not going to get a third, even though I'm insulating this team. I feel like two is insulated. But so far, the structure of my team, and I want your comments on this. I have three quarterbacks, five running backs, seven wide receivers, and then two tight ends for this Dalmatian draft. Um, what are your thoughts on that sort of structure? And in this last pick, are you thinking wide receiver? That's kind of where my default mindset goes. But I want to know what you think, my guy. And I want you to look at my team a little bit, too. Let me see yeah, I can already tell you I like it. Um Something that we're going to cover a little bit later on, but I love Deshaun Watson. And, of course, he already got him stacked up with Amari Cooper. Um, I see Brock Purdy also stacked up with my man Brandon Ayuk. So that's very nice to see. Um, now, the one thing is we don't have Tua stacked, um, although we do have Raheem Mostert in there. Yeah. Um, now, I am curious to see where we got Tua. Tua, I got okay. him at 9.05. There he is. So let me see. I do personally like if we're going to go three quarterbacks. Um, and I also saw that your running backs are pretty strong. Um, so I do like the three, five, eight, two. Sometimes I'll even venture into a three, five, seven, three, just kind of depending on the tight end outlook. Uh, okay. But I do see you having Joku as well. So you got the nice double stack for Mr. Watson. So and like Donovan Peoples Jones. You know, okay. we talked about this. That's why we're bros. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, I didn't see DPJ before. So that's actually even better to see. Um, so this team's stack, already looking baby. like a winner. Already looking like a winner to me because, as we'll cover later on, I love the Browns. Um, so if we could just exit out the draft board. If we can just not fumble this last pick, that's why I waited till I had you on here, okay? So these are the guys in my queue. I had Baker, but I've got three quarterbacks, so I'm not thinking that right now. Yeah, Baker's Zach Moss is kind of my, like, secret weapon. Like, I've, if something terrible happens to – I mean, if anything, even not even terrible. I mean, just if, you know, something – regular happens to a running back you know for the Colts this could be big for Zach Moss we know he can catch passes he's not great at it we know he can run the ball he's not great at it reality is you don't have to be great in, in the NFL to be great at fantasy you know what I'm saying if the team pushes you out there a lot so I had Zach Moss and then my last guy in my queue is Corey Davis I really like getting these late round uh, Jets receivers Davis or Hardman but I want to know, what What do you think? You're my guy here. I, I need your help. What do I do? Yeah. What? Um. Can you go back to your wide receivers? Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. Here, I'll scroll. It's perfect that you start uh, Miko Hardman because you kind of do need a little bit of a bring back for that Cleveland game in week 17. I know it's supposed to be a little bit of a crappy weather game just because it's Cleveland and New York Jets. Um, but nonetheless, you know, that game's still going to be pretty decent. I feel like everyone kind of overblows the weather. Yeah. Uh, so Miko Hardman for me definitely would be essentially at the top of the queue um what you could also look into doing um just kind of depends on your taste here um maybe even like a chosen anderson maybe even a braxton barrios for the dolphins just so that way you could stack up um them with Tua. i know it's not the sexiest of picks but nonetheless no. it is a pass catcher um i kind of would stay away from durham smythe plus you have njoku i like njoku so yeah i think it'll be fun i believe i also saw cole commit um yep down so there. he had a really good year last year, especially from a touchdown perspective, because um, the year before he had zero touchdowns. And then, of course, he came in last year, I believe, with seven touchdowns. So I do think Justin Fields would definitely utilize him. I 
I'm a little cautious of Robert Tunyon because I do think that they're going to kind of spread it out between the two of them. But I also see room for a lot of two tight end sets. So I think they both have a role, um, more so commit, of course. Um, I do really feel like Hardman's the move. Um, you have great receivers, but in terms of like spike weeks, like how easy is it for Hardman with the amount of speed that he has to go easily four yep. catches, 99 yards, maybe even two touchdowns. So yep. I feel like that upside's definitely there. Um, the same thing with Corey Davis, of course. Um, I just feel like because Hardman just got signed this past offseason, they're a little bit more married to him. I know there's been a little bit of rumors in terms of Corey Davis maybe getting cut as a cap casualty. Um, I actually have been sprinkling a little bit of Corey Davis because I don't want to be completely zero. Um, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback, so I have no issues with his ability to get his playmakers the ball. Um, but I do like Hardman. I'm not going to lie to you. All right. I think I'm going to go Hardman. I'm kind of leaning in with you. You know, it's it's easy to forget. You know, two years ago, 83 targets. You know, for a last pick in your draft, I know it wasn't last year, but he still commanded those targets when Tyreek Hill was on the team, y'all. You know what I mean? And this is Patrick Mahomes. Like, he doesn't throw the ball to people he doesn't think are going to catch it. So, in my mind, you know, last year he kind of went down a little bit in production, but I think that's just because the whole team dynamic really shifted. So I, I like where your head's at, where, again, it's the spike week narrative in my head. I'm like, I don't need Miko Hardman to even get 600 yards this year. All I need him to do is show up in my line, a lineup one or two weeks of the season when nobody else has him with, you know, a 50-yard catch from, you know, just a 50-yard opening play that's a touchdown, boom, and then two or three other catches around the game, maybe a goal line sweep, and you can end up with an easy two-touchdown game from Hardman for totally free. You know what I mean? So – I think I'm going to go with you here, and it's funny because Corey Davis, it's almost the same narrative, but it's almost even like he has a little more juice because I feel like if anything happens to Garrett Wilson, he's the de facto guy that's just going to get hammered with targets. I don't I mean Lazard, whatever, Cobb, whatever. That'll probably work for the first quarter until they realize it's not working, and then it's going to be like they pour it on him. So I like both these guys. I think that they're in the perfect divisions to end up in shootouts. They're the perfect kind of low-key hidden players that no one's really looking at right now. So I'm going to go Hardman here. I'm actually interested to see what my what my uh, ownership or ownership um, roster ship percentage difference is because at the end of my drafts, I've been taking – a lot of these last three guys, you know, it's these three. But I'm going to go with you here. We're going to close out my first Dalmatian with Miko Hardman. Screw the haters. We don't care. Okay, he'll get the punt returns. He'll get the kick returns. I think you don't get the yards, but I think you get the touchdowns in underdog if they do get a punt return touchdown too. So you can get a sneaky six points in there, you know, maybe once or twice a season out of Miko Hardman as well. So, all right. Thank you for that. Now I have a full Dalmatian team. This is the winner, baby. We're going all the way. Um, all yeah. right, so we'll go ahead and back out now. We're going to talk about some other things with y'all. We're going to talk about some players that we love, players we don't love, etc. Now, you know, just before – oh, my battery's running low. Before y'all crucify us, you know, do your own thing. You know, we're not telling you this is right or wrong, but we're kind of sharing with you all our philosophies and how we're building out our – quote-unquote, portfolios this year. Just the players that we really like, we want to see win. We want to root for And when they win, that means we win too. So there are some players that I'm more heavily invested in. Um, you are the same. And that's another reason we kind of clicked is because there's this thing that happens in best ball world that I've noticed where it's like, instead of people just like actually drafting to like win a league, like with the players, uh, it seems like everybody's trying to turn get – all the players that they can in 150 drafts. They're just trying to create as many opportunities or many outs. So in my head, personally, the way I look at it is, okay, like you're going to end up with a team that's in last place and a team that may be in first place. But if you draft a little bit more like you and I kind of are where you go in, you know, you kind of build your own pots up over and over and over. There's a world where it's like, instead of just winning first place, you know what I mean? You because you draft like I do with conviction, there's, I mean, you might be first, second, third, eighth, and ninth. You know what I mean? Because your teams are built uh, similarly. You know what I mean? And you have those other little different pieces. So um, talk to me a little bit about how you kind of arrived there. Because I've told people in this channel before about how I got there. They know, like, the times that I have, you know, drafted with my chest, that's when it's worked out the best. You know what I mean? And this whole, like, well, one foot in, one foot out thing. I mean, you get the rewards like that, too. It's like, here, have a reward. Oh, we'll take a reward. So talk to me about how you ended up here, and then we'll just go ahead and talk about some players that we love. And I'll go ahead and get that pulled up on the back end here. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it is important to kind of flag plant in a way um, some players that you really do believe in um, and that are definitely going to exceed their ADP value, maybe even exceed it compared to the market. Um, so I actually liken it more so to like a personal story, which is going back to, let's say, 2019, because um, I'm a little bit of a crypto bro. And I, I know you are as well. Um, yes. <laughs> you you kind of need conviction, like you were saying. So, for example, I was an investor in Ethereum. Um, I saw back in 2017, obviously, the whole bull run crypto mania. Everyone mm -hmm. and their mother was like, crypto, crypto, crypto. Um, for me personally, I didn't necessarily get into the professional working world with a salary and things like that until about 2018. Um, so, of course, with that money, 2019, I saw Ethereum at $80, $100. I was like, wow, um, if this thing ever goes to $1,500 again. Uh, that's going to be pretty nice because, you know, in traditional stocks, if you just do, let's say, 10% year over year, you're doing great. You're pretty much keeping pace with the S&P 500. Um, but of course, crypto takes that to a whole nother level. Um, so just like you were saying, like that was my flag plan. I was eating that all up underneath, let's say, $300. So, of course, sure, it's a little bit risky to not diversify. But when you think you're right and you're right, it really hits. Um, so I liken that to best ball for sure, because if there's players that I'm absolutely way higher on than the market, and I definitely want that exposure, um, I want to be there because if I'm right, it's going to hit in a very big way. So you do ne necessarily need to balance that. I don't want to be 100% exposure to a player unless I'm almost for sure. But even to a risk management perspective, that's not necessarily the best outlook on things. But the average market share is about 8% a player. So I have no issues going 16, 24 maybe even 32% of the player, which I definitely have one and we'll cover them later on. Um, I have no issues with that because you really need to believe that you're right. If you're not drafting like you're right, like you said, you're kind of drafting not to lose, but I'm trying to win this thing. I need a couple yeah. million dollars in my bank account. So I'm going to draft like I need that million dollars. Amen to that. And it's like you said, you're drafting not to lose. And it's like, you kind of cut some of your upside out. You know what I mean? It's like if you were like last year, and again, my story is kind of like yours, where last year when it really hit home for me, because two years ago I was I was in on a lot of my guys, but I was still very much like kind of aware of the fantasy industry sort of takes and stuff. Because, you know, best ball was pretty new. So it was like, this is the right way to do things. But I made mental notes, put little pins and things like, I don't like this. I don't like that, whatever. And I felt vindicated after two years ago. So last year, one thing that I did was in the mid rounds, I mean, last year and two years ago, the our running back dead zone was if you drafted there, you were an idiot. You didn't know anything about football. Well, this guy right here, I mean, I drafted Josh Jacobs and Devin Singletary in the RB dead zone in every single draft. What does that mean? That means I end up with like 46% exposure to just Josh uh, Jacobs and like 54% exposure to Devin Singletary. Well, guess what? One of those worked out really, 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 really well. Oh, and yeah. like most of those teams went forward. Now, if I would have just drafted a sprinkling of different running backs in that area, you know what I mean? Like, how does that help me? Because I catch some. Yeah, but you don't really catch lightning in a bottle. It was an accident. You weren't even really convicted about that. You could have auto drafted it. So that's where the human element of this game is kind of lost, I think, right now, because a lot of people want to just get their eight to 10 percent shares, which are, you know, have been deemed appropriate for you to do. And then you get validated and you get, you know, made on the Internet and then everybody is really happy for you. And then you, you know, make 15 bucks on, you know, 80 hours spent drafting this year. That's not for me. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather make zero or make a shit ton. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to make like some five, ten dollar up. So let's go ahead and talk about some players we are convicted on. We kind of touched on the Browns. So we got my man Donovan Peoples-Jones here. Three players we love. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a guy I've been drafting a lot. And part of the reason I've been doing that personally is because I don't think people really do research in fantasy football sometimes. Um, I think they look at the auxiliary metrics too much the shares, the routes run. And I think we forget that, like, it's about what they do on the field. This man had 900, like, eight yards. It was close to 1,000. He's the number two receiver on one of the worst passing offensive Brown teams that's ever existed this last year. And he had 800, 900 yards. Amari Cooper had his 1,100 yards, okay? And that was with Jacoby Brissett, and that was with Deshaun Watson. Cedric Tillman enters the picture, and this guy, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is a stud. Go watch Donovan Peoples-Jones play. He's a stud, okay? His receiving yardage prop right now is over under 500 yards. That, And it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't see a world where he, I mean, he would have to die 
not to hit that, let alone continue to ascend. This is a player that's ascending every year. The Browns drafted him. They want to see him succeed. But because they drafted Cedric Tillman and because nobody's really actually paying attention to the on-field production, they're looking at the yards per route run, routes run. They're looking at, you know, all these other things. They're missing the fact that the number two receiver on the Browns, I'm going to say this one more time, the number two receiver on the Browns in 2022 had 900 yards. That's just like, whoa. So I love him. He's free in drafts. You can get him in like the 14th, 15th round. Um, and then you got to think too, like, what if what if Amari Cooper, who's always hurt, even when he plays, he's hurt. What if he gets hurt, hurt? Lord have mercy. So talk to me a little bit about why you love Peoples-Jones, and then you have Deshaun Watson on your list. So let's just go ahead and roll those into two. Yeah, I think you can definitely combine the two of them. Um, also, fun fact for you guys out there, Donovan Peoples-Jones had the highest snap rate on the Browns. He had essentially a 99% snap rate. So whether they were running the ball, whether they were throwing the ball, he was out there. So we need those snaps. Of course, in fantasy football, volume is king. So if you're getting those snaps, if you're getting the ability to produce, eventually you're going to produce, all right? So... I think you brought up a great point, which was his over-under is about 500 yards. Um, I think that's really feeding into the fact that they added Elijah Moore on top of drafting Cedric Tillman, on top of Njoku being there, um, which is trying to scare people off. But Donovan Peoples-Jones, now I don't want to necessarily say, oh, high school isn't, you know, I should take what he did in high school and kind of ex extrapolate that. But he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was the number one wide receiver in his class. Um, so the talent's always been there. He went to Michigan, which I'm an Ohio State fan, so I'm not trying to bash Michigan here, but they didn't necessarily have the greatest passing attack. They never really have. They're really more a ground and pound kind of style of offense. Think about Jim Harbaugh. That's what he did with the 49ers. Um, so people might have like a little luster, or he might not be the shiny new object in the shed. Um, but like you said, last year, DPJ broke out in a big way. Um, and I do actually expect him to continue to build upon that. Everyone's saying, oh, well, you know, they just drafted Cedric Tillman. That's his replacement. Did you think about this? What happens to Cedric Tillman's Amari Cooper's replacement? Like you brought up, Amari Cooper has been injured a lot of times in his, throughout his career. Um, and he just had off-season core muscle surgery. So, you know, take one big shot to the abdomen. He could be out for a little bit of time because, you know, you just had surgery just like Nicole Hardman had. Mm-hmm that's kind of a tender spot. Even if it's been a couple months, you know, that yep. recurring injury thing is always present. And he's a little older too with Cooper, you know? So it's yeah. like, he's finally at that point where it's like, you know what guys, this does hurt. Fall off. Yeah. This hurts. And you know what? He looks fine. Send him out there. You know what I mean? Like you get to that point where it's like, I want to extend my career. Amari Cooper's probably like, I want to play four or five more years. That means I'm not going to play the next three or four quarters. You know what I mean? And you get to a point in your career where you're probably able to make those kinds of decisions. It's maturity. You know what I mean? So, again, where it's like Amari Cooper does play through injury, he might be getting to a point to where he's going to start saying, you know what, I'm not going to go back out there. Guess who is going to be out there on those snaps? This guy and Elijah Moore. Well, we don't know what the hell up Elijah Moore. So, again, it's just like there's very few scenarios that you can really play out where Donovan Peoples-Jones – is not really good. Sorry, I didn't want to interject you there, but I just wanted to kind of compound on what you're saying with Cooper, where it's just like, there's like one path where it's not good, and there's like 50 paths where it's like, oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm actually trying to go check my exposure right now because I can honestly tell you guys, um, <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones is, he's my seventh most drafted player on underdog with a 23% draft rate, so almost three times the market. Um, now, granted, I've done a lot of drafts on underdogs, so people might be like, oh, that's not the flag plant you think it is. I've drafted 485 teams on underdogs. So having 23% share and a lot of money invested in them, that's pretty good. Um, so I definitely, I'm definitely right there with you. Now, to your point, someone that was on my list, and of course the two are hand-in-hand because hand, we're both fans of DPJ, Deshaun Watson. I mean, guys, what are we doing here? He's going as QB8, QB9, even sometimes falls into like the ninth, tenth round or ninth round, really. Um, going after Tua, going after sometimes Daniel Jones. Dude, what are we doing here? Deshaun Watson was a top five fantasy quarterback for years. He is an upper it's echelon the narrative. talent. I know. And I understand, guys. He had a lot of off-field drama. We're not drafting for off the field drama. We're drafting for their production on Bingo. the field. So whether you like Deshaun Watson or not, you cannot deny his talent. You cannot deny his production. 
He's been there in the past with top five quarterback seasons. Honestly, I project him to have another top five quarterback season. And if not top five, then it'll be number six. Um, I was watching the ETR on one of the ETR podcasts uh, with Pat Thorman, who does a great job of covering pace in the NFL. Um, and he's got the Browns as being one of those higher pace teams. So, you know, that's going to be a lot more opportunities to one, run offensive plays, but then two, throw the ball. Um, and that feeds right back into Donovan Peoples-Jones because if Deshaun Watson's smashing his ADP, well, guess what? His pass catchers are going to smash the ADP. Now, granted, Deshaun Watson's got a lot of rushing upside, so also don't forget about that. Um, he's a great thrower of the ball, so he's more passer first than thrower. He's not Justin Fields, but he does have the ability to run with his legs. And if you don't believe me, go check his first start against the Bengals, his rookie year. Man took off for a 49-yard touchdown, and it's beautiful to watch. So I yeah. still believe in Deshaun Watson. I believe in the upside, and I really do believe he's going to print some money this year. And when I say that, He's my fifth most drafted player on underdog, my number one quarterback drafted uh, on 26% of my teams. Nice. There you go. See, I'm a little bit lower on the um, percentages. Well, they'll probably even out because I'm still pretty early in my draft. So I'm going to try to go over 100. I'm nowhere near as, as deep as you are yet. But I got Watson here at 53% owner, or, uh, roster percentage. And I'm just looking at his numbers, too. I mean, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. That's not a typical Deshaun Watson season, and we should know that. So we can kind of adjust that in our heads, okay? That'll go up. Then you look at the rushing yards. 175 rushing yards for a guy that only started a handful of games. I mean, there are pocket-passing quarterbacks that probably played 18 oh, – all 18 games didn't even have that. I mean, here's Dak, for instance. I know he missed a couple, but 182. Played way more games. Um, yep. Cousins probably a terrible example. But 97 yards for Cousins. He played a bunch of games. So it's like Deshaun Watson barely hitting the field, put up 175 too. So he still can get it with his legs. We know that – and this is probably – I mean, if we're honest, do you think this is the best pass-catching group he's ever had? Because I do, except you might be able to say the Will Fuller-Hopkins year was that good. But I think that these guys are comparable. I think Amari Cooper is comparable, if not better, than DeAndre Hopkins. I think that Donovan Peoples-Jones is essentially the exact same archetype kind of player that a Will Fuller was. So he's got it set up there. Now he gets the most talented tight end that's never actually had a chance to prove it. And he gets a running back that is – I don't mean Nick Chubb is he's different. You know what I'm saying? Like there's some guys where just like, yo, like different, like up here, here, the whole bit. He's different. So he he's not going to take any bullshit from anybody. And I feel like being around guys like that for a guy like Deshaun Watson, for better or worse, whatever his lifestyle is, that's going to be good for him. And that's going to be good for this team. And I think it's just going to elevate everybody. So I'm definitely there with you. I think that people at QB nine, I mean, QB nine to me feels like his his floor doesn't it kind of feel like that to you absolutely um sorry to interject i don't necessarily say i wouldn't say amari cooper is as good as deandre hopkins i'll definitely say hopkins is a, a little bit of a tier above for me but to your other points best tight end he's ever had for sure with david njoku best running back he's ever played with nick chubb for sure i like the offensive line better granted in houston he had laramie tunsil all pro left tackle that's great but we're not, it's not just one position on the offensive line. There's there's four other dudes on there. So in terms of a whole, like looking at the whole offensive line, I do like his situation with the Browns a little bit more. And I like his head coach a lot more. Kevin Stefanski used to be a Vikings offensive coordinator and head coach. I thought he was pretty good for us. So, you know, yep. I'm a fan of him. I think he's a lot better than Bill O'Brien was. Um, <laughs> Bill O'Brien's a knucklehead. So I definitely want to say that with respect, but you know, I do think no Kevin Stefanski's a I think Kevin Stefanski's a tier above. Um, so I definitely like Deshaun Watson's situation a lot more now. Yeah, I guess I can agree with you. I guess my thing with DeAndre Hopkins has always been he's never really been put in a situation where there's really been pressure to actually achieve. Now, what I mean by that is he's always been on the the when Deshaun Watson, they had one season where they were really, really good, granted, but the 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 Texans, man. Eh. Like just him showing up and being good, kind of like JJ Watt is a win. It's like he's yeah. a good player, so therefore we win. But it's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I he was on the first fantasy team I ever drafted back in 2015. Actually, he was the first trade I ever made. I traded Marshawn Lynch for DeAndre Hopkins. Never forget it. Um, but uh he's one of those guys where it's like anybody who's force fed the ball, Michael Thomas, him, Cooper Cup. They're going to be super productive. Now, and then that's to me kind of like comes becomes a moment where like you have to balance the talent versus the like 
the desperation of the team. So I have a hard time seeing DeAndre Hopkins go. DeAndre Hopkins to me basically feels like a Juju Smith-Schuster now, where it's like he was a dog at one point, and I was I'm still love Juju, and he's still a dog. But it's like he's kind of like a role player now, and I don't think he wants to admit it, especially DeAndre Hopkins because he got a big old ego. He don't want to admit it, but it's like mm, you kind of are what you are at this point, my guy. Like the last time you did something special, don't hate was like 2020, like week six. So I have to say, we'll have to wait and see because obviously for at least this year, it kind of just depends on where he goes. If he goes to the Patriots, if he goes to the Titans, I think his production definitely takes a step back and then we'll revisit this. Like, oh, he definitely fell off the age cliff. Um, I know people have concerns about that like right now. Uh, but once again, I think it just depends on the situation he goes to, at least for this year. Um, oh, man, I don't know if I would say he's a role player. I think I think Nuke's special, man. You just look All at his right. production. Hey, he's their own, and and, and you're probably yeah. right. And I have, and I'll admit it, like I play fantasy football biased. Like I will admit that, and I always tell people, don't take what I say for a grain of salt because I was burned by DeAndre Hopkins in 2017 really bad. That was like the first year where it was zero RB. And I took, and I had the back of the first round, I took Allen Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins, both coming off like 16 touchdowns and 1,400 yards. And I think they combined for for 16 touchdowns and 1,400 yards that season between what Brock Purdy did to him. And I don't even remember. I think Allen Robinson got hurt. It was a disaster, a nightmare. And then I'll just, and then again, this is, I'm sharing with you all my bias. And then that next, that very next draft, the next season, um, DeAndre Hopkins was available, you know, in the sixth round. So obviously I skipped on him because he burned me. And then he finished that season as wide receiver one. So it's just like me and DeAndre Hopkins, we need to have a talk, you know, and you just want to sit <laughs> down with him. We need to work through some things before I'm really going to be pushing him out here. But uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I respect what you're doing out there with him. And I think that there, there probably is some value there that I'm probably missing on. All right, let's talk about Kenneth Walker, another player that we love running back, and then Tyler Algier. And I actually want to hear why you're so into Tyler Algier um, versus a lot of other people. I haven't really seen many people be into him. What's what's up with that? Yeah, so with Tyler Algier, um, I know Underdog just like released their sleeper videos on running backs. I promise you, I was in on Algier from day one of my drafting season, so it has nothing to do with them. Tyler Algier is my number one most drafted player across underdog. And even probably if you oh, look wow. at my DraftKings exposure, yeah, um, it's actually really stupid. So this is my number one most exposed player by a wide margin with 38% drafted. I think at one point it was actually at 50%. Um, 38% drafted on 485 teams. Essentially, those entry fees total about $2,000. So I'm definitely <sighs> very much in on Tyler Algier, and I'll tell you guys why. The Falcons were the number one rushing team in the league last year. They want to pound the ball. They want to play bully ball. Like, they just want to run the ball. Arthur Smith does not care about Kyle Pitts. All right? I like Kyle Pitts. I like Drake London. And there's going to be a very consolidated target share where those guys will definitely get fed because when they do pass the ball, it's most likely going to those two guys. Like I just said, the Falcons want to run the ball. I get it. They drafted Bijan Robinson. He was the number eight overall pick. So if we look back in the history, anytime a running back's been drafted in the top 10, for the most part, they have a legendary season. Look at Saquon Barkley. You look at Zeke. Leonard Fournette maybe didn't have a legendary season, but he definitely got fed the ball. They were the number one rushing team in the league, even with Bijan running the ball, let's say 300 times. Algier still has a role of 125, 150, maybe even 200 carries. All right. I was watching the Falcons last year because I was a Cordell Patterson owner. I went a little bit of zero running back, so I was taking Cordell Patterson at the end. First two weeks of the season, it was fantastic. The guy was getting fed, but of course, they were still sprinkling in some Algier. They were sprinkling in some Caleb Huntley, and it was pretty frustrating, man, because they'd get the goal line. I'm just like, dude, Cordell Patterson's a threat to either run the ball or catch the ball. Perfect mismatch for the defense. They don't really know what you guys are running, but then mm-hmm. here comes Caleb Huntley. Altering some touchdowns. Here comes Algier, altering some touchdowns. Algier had a very, very, very productive season last year. He ran over a thousand yards. And yeah. now people are just like, I don't want to play with you no more. You ever seen like that Toy Story meme where he just yes. drops Woody? I don't want to play with you no more. Guys, what are we doing here? He's got a role. He's being essentially drafted below his floor, in my opinion. Then on top of that, if anything happens to Bijan Robinson, anything, a little sprained ankle, 
misses a week or two, you have an RB1, RB2 for that week or two. So I just think the upside with Algerian, remember, the running back position is one of the most volatile in terms of injuries because you're getting into car crashes essentially every time you touch the ball. I'm in on Algier in a big way. I think he has a role on this offense, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of you people that are sleeping on him. All right, all right. I love that, and it's definitely uh, shot, gut shot me because I don't think I have any Tyler Algier. Um, so I need to get in on that. Let's go ahead and slide down here and see where he's being drafted right now, unless you know off the top of your head. So we're into the running back 40s. He's Still being drafted. He's being drafted, I believe, behind Tank Bigsby, a little bit ahead of Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, let me see who else is in his range, on at least on an underdog perspective. Um, okay, I think I might have passed below him, maybe? KJ Osborne, around KJ Osborne, to be honest, around Roshan Johnson, which, you know, that's a three-headed backfield. So I like the fact that I have to clear backup versus someone that's in a three-man rotation. Here he people is. are going to be a little... People are going to be a little concerned about, let's say, Cordell Patterson. But even Arthur Smith has kind of said, we're going to use him a little bit more versatile this year where we're going to have him a little bit of running back, but then we're also going to sprinkle in more of the wide receiver stuff. Because if you guys don't remember, Cordell Patterson started off as a wide receiver in the league. He got drafted to my Minnesota Vikings. All right. We didn't know how to use him. And that was probably the most disheartening part for me, seeing him at that first year with the Falcons. Arthur Smith figured out how to use this guy. They used him all over the field, and that's exactly how he needs to be used. He's one of the best kick returners of all time. Um, you know, he's got the most kick return touchdowns in league history. So just give him the ball, and he'll figure it out. So people are kind of scared by that, but, man, Algier, when it comes to running the ball, he's that dude. I mean, can you can you just exit that out for, like, one second? Yep. Um, yeah, so he's got Tank Bigsby around him. Uh, can you minimize that? Yes. Yeah. Tank Bigsby, Roshan Johnson. Um, I like Singletary because, once again, he's the clear number two to Damian Pierce. Anything happens to Pierce, Singletary's an eat. Plus, the offensive line, Houston's really good. Um, yeah, man. I don't understand why you would take Roshan Johnson over Tyler Algier. I mean, the upside case is kind of there for Roshan, so I can see that. But in terms of range of outcomes of him actually hitting that ceiling outcome, I think it's a lot smaller versus Algier. Um, if you're looking at the Bears, you're going to have to kind of go through Khalil Herbert, who is one of the Good. most efficient rushers in the league. I mean, if you just look at his rushing yards over expectation, he exceeds that by a wide margin. Um, Tank Bigsby, I like Tank. I like the opportunity for him as a number two, but that's still kind of a little bit of a, a mystery in a sense. We don't really know yeah. how Doug Peterson's going to rotate him and Travis Etienne. I know yeah. a lot of people want to be out on Etienne, but Etienne's quality, man. Um, people are going to be really surprised if you're sleeping on Etienne. Um, once again, I'm a fan of Singletary, so I have no issues with him. I think he's kind of similar to Algier, but Singletary didn't run for a thousand yards last year, and he's not no. on the number one rushing team in the league. Actually, he's never even crossed a thousand yards. The hey, guy did it as a rookie. Singletary. He doesn't get many touches 170, hey, 180. Let me see. Singletary, I have 20% Singletary, so I'm very much in on him. All right, I love Devin Singletary. He's, I think that he and Damian Pierce are actually funny because. They look like the exact same guy when they run the ball to me. Like they both just like they run very authoritatively, no matter who's in front of them or near them. And they also have a good bit of bounce. It's not like a totally like an Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook where it's like it looks like they weren't like almost magnetized away from the guy, but they do have a pretty good bounce. So I think they'll make a pretty good backfield. But oh, Algier, sure. somebody I don't have any exposure to, I'm going to start adding some, rotating some of him in, I guess, you know. And like you I said, there's going to be opportunities. Will he have 210 attempts? No. But does he have to? No. I mean, he could easily get, you know, 170, 150 even, you know, similar to who we were just talking about here, 175 from Devin Singletary, you know, and he had – um, you know, Algier only had three touchdowns on the ground. All he's got to do is compensate for the lack of touches by upgrading his touchdowns a handful. You know, six touchdowns for a backup running back on a run-happy team. That's probably a, an optimistic projection, but it's definitely not outside the realm of outcomes type of projection. So I like him there, and you're probably, you're pretty smart to get him too because, again, in a situation where Bijan maybe doesn't hit early, you know, we have these situations. Jonathan Taylor, his rookie season was not a god. You know, Christian McCaffrey, his rookie season was not a god. You know, sometimes these guys take a little while. So 
Uh, I like that play there off the off the uh, the Bijan hype and to kind of sneak in and at, at running back. What is this? Forty seven? Is that what I'm looking at? I mean, that's, that's a running back five. I mean, that's perfect. You know, I mean, that's what you want. You want a guy like this who's maybe going to slide into your starting lineup in best ball two or three times a season. Very, very late, basically free. You don't have to think about when to play him. You just put him on your team and just if things break your way, they break your way. So I like that pick a lot. Can you um, scroll up a little bit more on those running backs? Let me see yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, players uh, I definitely like him more than. Um, Kendra Miller is still a little bit of a mystery. Um, yeah. You guys are kind of drafting Kendra Miller. You know, you're drafting him above Algier into kind of the same situation where I think Jamal Williams for sure is going to be the number one because they just paid Jamal Williams a pretty decent contract. I know Kamara's a little bit more of a mystery in terms of his legal situation, but let's just say it's a six-game suspension. After those six games, now it's a three-man backfield. So what are we kind of doing? I know we're drafting for upside there. Jalen Warren, I don't hate Jalen Warren. Um, I think he's got a role on his team. Um, but yeah, you know, back up Najee Harris. Yeah, but I don't also think he's like that stellar of a player. He's decent, he's but you know, he's not that crazy. McKinnon, McKinnon had a great end of the year. He had a great close to the year last year. But man, I don't necessarily I'm not banking on him to do that exactly the same again because his touchdown rate was insane. So I don't necessarily yeah. think he can replicate that. Um, and really for him, it's more of that passing game work. So once we're like, and that was a lot of those were within the red zone and really within the 10, five yard line. But mm-hmm. we know the Chiefs, granted, they are going to score a lot of touchdowns. They scheme their they scheme their whole offense to get their best players the ball, especially in the space. So when you're seeing those five yard plays, a lot of those are like little pitches to Kelsey where he just runs mm-hmm. it right in. You'll see a lot of bubble screens to either Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony. So that offense is pretty volatile. I'm not necessarily banking on McKinnon to replicate that. Um, I'm fine with Elijah Mitchell just because, you know, anything that happens to CMC, he's in a vault big time. Yeah. Any of these other guys you would rather have over Algier or you would have Algier over? How about like Harris? See, Damian or- Harris. Yeah, yeah, I think Damian Harris was one guy I thought right in my mind. Um, he's got a very cheap contract, and now I'm not necessarily a contract bro. But at the same time, like, they brought in Latavius Murray. I know it's a little bit of a battle right now. I'm actually – I had a lot of Harris early on. But now that they brought in Murray, I thought I was a little curious. So I'm kind of just going to hold off for a little bit. I have a pretty – let see I'm at Damian Harris. Yeah, um, I'm I'm definitely in the Latavius Murray camp. I've been drafting him again because it's just free. And he the, the, the role I think that they want Harris or Latavius to be in is that of the power back. You know what I mean? It's just like we're close. We don't want to have to count on Josh Allen. You know what I mean? Even though we could. I think, and that's why, like Latavius Murray. I mean, he's basically the closest thing to Derrick Henry in the NFL. He's like six three. He's built like a freaking defensive end, and he's thirty three years old. He's still in the league. You know what I mean? And people seem to forget that. So, um, and then I'm looking here, Damian Harris, fifteen touchdowns. So you can kind of tell why they brought these guys in. You know, it's not rocket science. They want these guys to plow into the end zone. What do we know about the Bills? They can get down the field. Okay, so I want to have some stock in these guys because. There's going to be spike weeks, probably for all three of these running backs. The funny thing to me is they're probably, if I had to guess, I'd say they all hit like three or four spike weeks. So why, if I know that that's going to happen, would I take the most expensive guy who's going to have the same number of spike weeks, maybe off a different kind of production, the kind that fantasy people like, you know, passes. That's great and wonderful, but it doesn't really mean anything if the spike weeks are the same as somebody who catches zero passes and gets three goal line carries a game, you know what I mean? Or two goal line carries a game. Those are going to be very, very, very valuable on a team that's, you know, going to be in a lot of high scoring games, it feels like. So, um, yeah, I like I like all of those guys. I think Latavius at the very end may be a good pick. But sliding back to Algier, my final notes on him are I guess I'm going to have to just start drafting him some. Um, thanks for the thanks for the game. I really need to need to pick it up a little bit. No worries. And I'm at 7% Harris. So like I said, I was in on him early on. Um, but now it's kind of cooled off just because at the cost where he's at right now, I can get the same. I feel like I can get the same production out of Algier a little bit later. Yeah, 
Fair enough. Fair enough. How do you feel? And then we have Tyler Conklin. So originally we were going to do the show. We we're going to do like three players we like, three players we don't like. Then we're going to talk about more stuff. But we're already 45 minutes in and we're kind of just now finishing up on our guys that we sort of love. So we may break this off a little early and come back and do that show later, y'all. Um, we'll see how it goes. But Tyler Conklin, I see you have him here. He is my oh, most highly uh, rostered and underdog as well at tight end. Same. And my theory there is just he's younger than people realize. I think he's 25, 26, which for like a tight end to be fantasy useful at that age is pretty, pretty crazy. He's on his second or third team, which is also kind of crazy to me, but he managed to pull in 87 targets from Joe Daddy, and then he managed to pull in 87 targets last season from uh, another Joe, Joe Flacco, uh, Mike White, uh, Mickey Blanco is what we call him on this channel because he's a dog, and then Zach Wilson, who's awful, but he still managed to do that. And if you actually go watch, again, I think it's so important to actually watch some of these plays. Don't just look at the data. Tyler Conklin is really really good at football like he's a great pass catching tight end so it would surprise me one bit if we end up with a couple of weeks in the season where you know you know how you know how aaron Rodgers is he doesn't target a guy until he suddenly targets a guy you know what i mean and then all of a sudden like robert tanyan is a legend why because he had like a three-week span where he caught like six touchdowns you know what i mean he like, likes his tight ends man he really and does it's, and it's just you have to just you have to be there like you know what i mean you're either on the boat or you're off you're either watching somebody get the three touchdown tyler conklin game that sends them over the edge or you don't you know what i'm saying so it seems like you're in on him my oh, yeah. thesis is just get the get the bill or get the jets get into that division and then i don't have to pay up because i'm able to get you know i don't get Brees hall i don't get garrett wilson but i like to come back around kind of how we opened up sneaking in my Corey coleman or not Corey coleman uh cory uh, davis and my miko hardman shares and then my tyler conklin shares. so what are your thoughts on conklin are you kind of this kind of a similar just targeting the division or, or what's your thought process here is it deeper so if Tyler Algier was my number one most drafted player, I don't know what it is about Tyler's, but Tyler Conklin is actually my number two most drafted player. So Algier was at 38%. Conklin's at 34%. So roughly about $1,700 in a Conklin, at least just an underdog. Um, so yeah, I've definitely been hammering that Conklin narrative. Um, one, Aaron Rodgers loves his tight ends. Two, like, I, like we mentioned earlier on, um, very much in on the Browns. So what's the perfect week 17 bring back? Tyler Conklin, he goes at the, well, now he goes around, let's say, round 16, round 17. Um, but, man, early on in this draft season, he was going round 18 or even undrafted. So I was just hammering that then because that was a no-brainer. Yeah. If you look at some of his production last year, kind of like in the early part of the season, like he was kind of getting fed pretty decent. Of course, there was a quarterback drop-off um, in terms of Mike White, in terms of Zach Wilson terms of joe flacco early on that they weren't the greatest of quarterbacks and we know joe flacco is more so at the end of his career rather than like the middle um mike white i know he just signed as a backup to the dolphins but granted he's a backup and actually mike white we went to the same university uh at least my freshman year university of nice. south florida um so he was decent but he had to transfer to western kentucky um in order to play so he wasn't necessarily like this world beater and of course that's why he's a backup in the nfl he's not a world beater but he's definitely serviceable zach wilson i don't even want to talk about zach wilson 100 bust but aaron Rodgers, a hall of famer someone that's gonna at least be a qb1 in terms of you know maybe more so the back half qb8 qb9 qb11 12 um that's definitely in his range of outcomes and of course he just had an mvp season not last year but the year before with a better I feel like core group in terms of the Jets with, you know, Garrett Wilson, who I actually, I'm an Ohio State guy, man. So I think Garrett Wilson's in a breakout. People are going to be a little bit surprised, but not really because he's being drafted a little bit closer to his ceiling, um, more than his median projection. Um, Corey Davis, man, Corey Davis was the number five overall pick when he came out. You know, they gave him a big contract for a reason. I know we kind of covered it a little earlier where he may be a cap casualty, but in terms of run blocking, in terms of staying on the field, He'll get those snaps, man. He's a great run blocker, which is not necessarily the most desirable thing from a wide receiver, but it earns him snaps. Um, Miko Hardman, like, like we we covered earlier, he can catch a ball and take it 75 yards to the house at any moment. Uh, Randall Cobb is definitely the fit. I feel like he's the number five option. Definitely way yeah. past his prime. Um, but nonetheless, he'll catch some balls. But I feel like all those weapons on the Randall outside Cobb. are definitely freed up for Conklin. Yeah, and that's the thing is like it's, 
I like it because there's an unknown factor. Like it's like people know that Garrett Wilson's it, right? So they're diving in the end of the first round. They're like they're hitting it, they're hitting it, they're hitting it. But then the gap between him and then Aaron Rodgers and everyone else is like seven, eight rounds, you know? Oh man, camera went out. Oh, you're all good. I'll I'll, I'll uh I can keep I can keep uh ripping here and I'll uh let me see. But uh, I'll just keep going, and maybe you can pull it back in or whatever. But uh, if you just look here on the screen, y'all, here, I'll pull this out. We'll pull my man Alejandro back in in just a second, y'all. But if you look on the screen, you know, if you are, you know, the targets were kind of crazy for, you know, especially for his first week, you know, with the with the Jets. I mean, he pulled in seven targets week one. I mean, that's not nothing. Nine the next week, eight the next week, five the week after that. So he was very, very busy getting very consistent targets. I mean, that's like, what is the average out to seven targets a game for the first handful of games? I mean, that's bigger than uh, TJ Hawkinson and Andrew or Andrews were getting this year. They were averaging right around six, six and a half. You know, fell off a little bit, but we know there was more than a little bit of turmoil going on here on this team. So that's definitely going to be part of it. Then he pops back up with a 10-point week and a two-touchdown week. Those are the kind of weeks that I think we're going to see maybe more than just one of now that we have added Aaron Rodgers to the mix. Um, So I really like him, and I'm really glad that Alejandro brought him up. And he's also very, very high on him because I am too. You know, you're getting a guy who's a back-end, tight-end one problem, you know, potentially. And in the league that I'm in right now, um, we have our scoring set up a little bit kind of wonky, I would say. But, you know, he's right up there with some of the better guys. You know what I mean? Um, he's only a couple points behind Njoku from this last year. Austin Knox, who people wanted to hate on, still had 48 receptions last year. Uh, managed to bring that all the way through for 517 yards. You know, so you're looking at a guy who's going to put up basically 500 yards on, you know, sort of his floor area. And I think we could get seven, 800 yards, potentially, depending on how these shootouts and everything goes, um, they could go like that. So I'm going to go ahead and let me see if I can uh, holler at my guy here. I'm actually going to run a short video for y'all. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm just going to put on some background music for a sec. Don't go anywhere, everybody. We're still here. We're still living. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Hey, all right. Hopefully you all enjoyed that little intro or a little intermission there. I'm going to try to bring my man, Alejandro, back up. 
Sorry for the technical difficulties, y'all, but you know how it is. This is this is real life, you know. There's no production team here. There's you know, this isn't the Pat or the Pat McAfee show, okay? There's not a whole whole studio, okay? We're just guys. So let's see here. Oh, that's kind of odd. Uh camera still DOA. Yeah, the camera's a little overheated just because we were cooking it up before. So, you know, it just it couldn't hang in the kitchen, man. You know what? It's all good. You actually look better this way anyway, so <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Do you have any final thoughts? I guess we'll go ahead and shut it down now. I didn't. I wanted to give you space to comment finally kind of on Conklin. Um, you know, you were talking about the bring back there on week 17. Um, you want to just dive a little bit more into maybe why you liked Conklin there? Are you trying to uh, stack Conklin and maybe Njoku on some teams? Like, do you have like a specific sort of tight end tandem that you love to go for? It sounds like you like Conklin a lot. Or is he just kind of like that guy where it's like, You've got your tight end a little earlier, and it's like, all right, I need number two, and it's always kind of like, oh, it's Conklin. That's my guy. Yeah, Um. so I'm going to be dropping a video just in regards to like a recap of BBM3 for me last year, but I know we talked about this yesterday. For me, in BBM3, and this is actually going to expand to Best Ball Mania in general, the average advance rate is about 16.67%, just because, you know, two out of 12 Um you can only be one person. So you'll have a 17% chance roughly to advance. Um, if you're really good, you have, let's say, about a 21% advance rate. Last year, I had a twenty close to 28%. It was like 27.66%. Um, and what really helped me out in terms of achieving that was actually going with a 2583. I don't know why, but that really worked for me. Um, and granted, I was hitting on some tight ends like Njoku last year, Evan Ingram last year. Friar Muth was hitting for me as well. Um, so I was reviewing all of my performances and I was like, wow, three tight ends were definitely killing it for me. And they really helped me in terms of advance rate, um, especially when you don't have Kelsey. And last year I did not have as much exposure to Kelsey as I do this year. Um, but even with Kelsey, kind of just depending on whoever the secondary tight end is, um, I typically hammer out three tight ends um, just because it's such a volatile position. Really, you just need a touchdown um, for that tight end to kind of break into like, let's say the top eight tight ends. Um, and especially as we get into, let's say week 15, week 16, week 17, in terms of the playoffs, um, I want as many shots at getting a pretty decent tight end production um, as I possibly can, especially if let's say Kelsey is not having that kind of great week. But of course, let's say he does get you to week 16. Um, I want to have multiple bullets in the chamber. So that way I'm still hitting no matter what. And you know, sometimes that tight end could even play in your flex. Um, I know we ideally want, let's say, a running back because if you really look at all of fantasy data, running backs are more so attributed to the bigger percentage of spike weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but nonetheless, tight ends can still be in there, man. Like if you have Evan Ingram dropping, like what was it? Like week 14 last year, he dropped like almost 39 points. Yeah. It was like 10, 12 catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Um, yeah. I feel like any tight end can almost do that. Not necessarily any tight end, but in the right situation. Um, exactly. And playing with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, come on, man. What are we doing yeah. here? He can easily throw, at least just to Tyler Conklin, two touchdowns in a game. Um, and that's not even including the yards or even the catches. Um, so I definitely think Conklin's going to be a featured player. Um, being drafted at tight end 24, you're drafting him as legitimately the, the tight end, the last tight end two. I mean, man. The last tight end two. I don't know two. about that. I don't even know about that. He's like, basically what? a tight end three. He's like, he's guaranteed a tight end three, basically, on your team, which is such you, a, like you said, for a three tight end build, like I have been focusing on one tight end builds a lot, but I think I'm going to, and I think I've got a pretty good percentage of my rosters like that. I'm going to start doing some more three tight end builds. And one of the things I'm going to focus on, um, kind of like you said, because I've been thinking about the ouch, you know, that last week or two where it's like, okay, like let's say I do have all this David and Joku, and let's say that I, he gets me all the way there. But then that, that's the week that he decides to like be a really good blocker. I'm not really setting myself up to have somebody to come in, even if it is four points instead of two. We all know that every last freaking yard counts in fantasy football. How many times, I'm talking to you, everybody out there listening, how many times have you lost a match because you didn't get that one extra carry or you didn't get that one extra yard or that – one extra minute or that one extra drive that would have saved you everything. So it's just about, you know, if I do feel very confident in my one tight end position, but I won't say I've been waking up, you know, screaming at night, but I have been having some more thoughts of like, okay, so 
what happens when David and Joku rolls his ankle and he's out for six weeks? You know, what are you going to do then, jerk? You know, you don't know. You maybe you're not as smart as you think. So I'm going to start building some three tight end sets, and I really like the value you can get with these middle round guys. I mean, Hawkinson and Kittle being mid round tight ends. I mean, these guys are really, really, really closer to that elite tier of tight end than they are this tier down below them who they're being drafted closer to. So I might do some more builds where I'm stacking a little bit more towards some of these um, elite tight end groupings, maybe have a couple on my team. And there's also that whole thing where it's like, if I have these tight ends on my team, somebody else doesn't. So in my pool, maybe I can push past, um, you know, and get some, get some points that uh, other pools aren't getting, you know? So yeah. All right. Well, like I said, y'all, we said we were going to do, you know, six or nine players we are you know we made it through three guys that we love each some of them were shared some were not my man aleandro decided to put on a mask uh he <laughs> gave us a little trouble but that's fine you know what we're the best ball bros we don't care you can draw a little smiley face on that side of the screen you'll know who it is but final words aleandro and listen y'all this is coming out on our channel but aleandro's got his own channel he does uh, some shorts he's gonna start doing some content maybe we'll start cross posting we've talked about that this will show up on the feed as well but do me a favor y'all go follow his channel and follow him i'm gonna give him some space here to kind of push all his stuff out there and uh you know welcome him to you know our kind of group our community and one of these people that he plays like us you know he plays fantasy football as a competitor, you know, he's, he's, he's analyzing and commentating very much on his own kind of play style. Uh, it's kind of like a self-taught self-coaching thing. That's kind of what we do too. You know, we take all the information we have out there, we apply it to how we play and we try to be better fantasy players. So, um, yeah, this is really fun. Best ball bros EP episode one, uh, keep an eye out y'all. We are going to hopefully do this at least once a week, maybe two times a week. If you all love it, want us to come back, but, um, any final words, my bro, my man, yeah, um, I would say that you guys can definitely expect a lot more of this. Uh, we definitely have a lot more in store for you guys. Of course, we wanted to cover a lot more, but just in terms of like the depth and the the, the analysis part of it, um, we really wanted to hammer those three players that we loved. Uh, we'll still bring you guys those three players that we hate and some other interesting nuggets out there. Um, I guess you want me to show my channels or where you guys yeah, can find give us a little your bit. handles, your channel, all that stuff, so people can come find you, your Substack, even whatever. I mean, like I said, like this is a it's it's all for one, one for all. Yeah. Um. So you guys can find me on YouTube, Fantasy Football Shorts Network. I definitely am trying to drop some bangers, as Jordan likes to call them, uh, where we give some player montages and some highlights. Uh, definitely, we'll have some more content rolling out for you guys. There's nothing, at least video wise, posted to my channel just yet, but we'll definitely be in the lab cooking up on that. Um, I've been working on some articles, so when I do launch everything, I want it to be like in a nice process, a nice rollout. Um, so we've definitely been working on some content for the Substack. Um, you can find the Substack on my Twitter page. My handle is FFSN underscore AI, um, or you can just search my name, Alejandro Bonilla. Um, and of course, I'll be dropping some articles for you guys on the Substack, so you can find the link in that Twitter bio. If you want to just search the Substack, it's FFAI.substack.com. I'm definitely trying to utilize AI in terms of predicting things going forward into the future. So I'm not a data scientist or anything like that, but honestly, with just the tools that AI gives us, ChatGPT and things like that, you guys really need to leverage this, not even just for like fantasy football, but just for like life, because these tools are really going to help accelerate you guys, um, mm -hmm. either whether it's to bring money in, to create content, whatever it may be. Um, the company I was working for, they definitely encouraged using it because, you know, it just helps synthesize all the work you're doing. It helps you streamline more stuff out there. Um, so I'm definitely trying to put a little bit of a focus into that. Um, interesting to see that best ball hub that drop on fantasy life, because I was actually building something very similar to that. Um, all with a little bit of my own knowledge, but of course, chat GPT as well. Um, so trying to share some stuff like that and just trying to make, like, I think Jordan posts a great amount of free content. And I've seen your specific Twitter post, which is if you're not delivering free content, like, what are you doing? Like, try to deliver that value. And I think that's so important just for us to progress, not only as a community, but as just society as a whole. So just trying to give back as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, I'm just trying to really progress the space. We love it. We appreciate you being here. Best ball bros for life, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But I thought it was a good first show. Y'all know what to do. Like, subscribe, follow the gang. Um, listen, you'll listen to the podcast feeds. And yeah, give us those five-star ratings, those reviews, comments. We'll interact with you. Join in the Discord. 
All the all the links are in the descriptions below. If y'all want to get some deposit bonuses on Underdog, we got that. If you want some deposit bonuses on Sleeper, we got that. If you want some rankings, we got that. We got it all. So appreciate y'all. We will be back soon. I'll be back with an IDP focus show soon. I'm very sure. I'm sure Offensive Points Boys put out a show last night. So y'all know what it is. It's time to get strapped up and ready to rock and roll. And we will be back soon. So peace out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.